0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Pursuit of Property podcast. We're here on episode three of our season three focused on out-of-state investing. And today, we're here with Zach Harris, real estate investor, now based out of Austin, Texas. And we're going to be talking to him today a little bit about marketing and how to source and find out-of-state deals. So, Zach, what's going on, man? It's good to see you.
1: What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. Appreciate
0: it. Of course, man. Well, I know Scott and I finally got the chance to meet you in person. I know we've been connected on social media for a while. Uh, we were finally able to meet you out at a meetup. I think it was in Austin as well it back was. in February. And yeah, so, yeah. tell yeah. us tell us a little bit, at least about your background and kind of what you've been up to the past couple months because I know you've been going through a little bit of uh, changes business-wise and personal-wise. So give us, uh, give us the rundown.
1: Sure. So, um... Like I said, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's been fun to follow you guys from afar and actually, you know, be invited. So, you know, I feel, I feel special. <laughs> I must be doing something. I don't know if it's right, though. Um, but, no, I so I born and raised in Indianapolis. And um, for the last probably four years and some change, I've been in Indy doing single family, small multifamily. And um, this past year, you know, as I've networked more, I mean, obviously, we met... <clears throat> back in february getting to know more people just across the country um you you really start to understand how small the country is right and the ability to be able to go out and invest out of state because for me i was i was lucky enough that i was in the midwest and that was my backyard so that was all i knew um but as i've you know gotten a little bit more curious and and like i said met more people. Uh, my interest has peaked in investing out of state. So I kind of took a leap of faith and, you know, i kind of shared on my social media. Like, you know, I was honestly nervous about coming down to Austin and staying with a buddy who's doing some multifamily investing and some other projects while still trying to run an operation in Indianapolis, still trying to broker, still trying to find deals. And um, to be honest with you, it has been probably one of the best experiences I've gone through just from a like a business growth standpoint and also um from an awareness kind of side of things too of okay you don't physically have to be there to have stuff going on to make shit happen right
2: yeah
1: um so you know we can kind of dig into some of that but yeah that's that's kind of my thing i've been down here for the last month and some change and uh working on some multi-family deals here we're doing some construction uh believe it or not building plane hangers um so you know a little bit outside of my wheelhouse but again if you know if the opportunity makes sense um, you know, it's fun. It's, it's exciting. So I'll, I'll, definitely entertain it.
2: Very cool. Going back a little bit, you've been in real estate, how long?
1: Um, so I want to say, I think in total, probably five years I started, um, when I was in Florida, I was going to school at a, a small school called Florida Gulf Coast University down like the Fort Myers Naples area. And, um, I was working for like a leased-owned company. So I was getting paid commissions on, like the deposit that was being put down so i wasn't a real estate agent and um i realized okay hey maybe i can sell million dollar houses on the beach that didn't really go too well and uh ended up doing like leasing to you know like fraternity guys and sorority chicks so Mm -hmm. that was kind of how i got into it realized like dang these guys who own these properties are making a lot of money and i don't have two or three hundred grand uh to buy one of these things i'm like 19 years old and so i'm like man how do i get back to maybe a cheaper area where I can actually buy and own these properties. And that's why I made the trip back to Indianapolis, you know, where I'm from just to kind of pursue yeah. that.
2: How long have you been working in Indianapolis buying property and, and brokering out there?
1: So four, probably four years and some change, almost okay. five, I guess. So relatively five-ish years, six years and, and real estate in general. Um, I would say probably two of those, I didn't really know what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And let's talk a little bit, you mentioned uh, you wouldn't mind talking a little bit more about this, but since being out in Austin for yep. the past month and a half or m- month that you were saying, how has your operation changed to managing and sourcing deals and yep. uh, with what you still have got going on out in the Indy area?
1: Sure. Well, I mean, you guys know this through owning properties and I'm sure some of your listeners do too. Just- it goes to show how important your management company is, right, mm-hmm. um, from a, like, rental ownership standpoint. Um, I think the self-management game is pretty tough if you're, you know, not somewhat close. Uh, I know a lot of people will start out and think, hey, I'm going to save myself eight or 10%. And that kind of comes back to bite them a little bit. But I've been really lucky to find some uh, some management partners that do a really nice job for us both on the single families that we have and the apartments. and. Um, <clears throat> on the flip side of that you know the brokerage sourcing deals um as you guys kind of know probably by following me on social media like i tell everybody what the heck I have going on, right hey i'm in real estate like if you follow me for a week you're like oh my gosh this dude's kind of annoying talking about real estate right <laughs> and so believe it or not like that's kind of how some of the deals will come to me now is hey man i know you're a buyer hey man i know you have some money or you can raise private money can we look at this deal together can we right mm-hmm. and it's kind of like why you guys do this podcast versus you know for some shape for some reason, right, is to try to get your name out there to try to share what you're doing, what other people are doing so that you become that person within your sphere of influence that is the real estate investor, that is the real estate broker, right? And by establishing that, um, that's how I've I've been able to really leverage my sphere of influence and the contacts both in India or down here, even in Florida, um, to, to continue to make deals happen and source deals without physically being there, right? COVID definitely changed, like, the environment as far as Okay. Hey, you don't have to, you know, walk, you know, walk down the street, go print the contract, go sign it with the person. Hey, I'm going to send you an e-signature. Hey, we're going to send you a wire. Hey, we're going to we're going to do a remote closing, and that has saved so much time for me in, in my business.
2: Gotcha. In,
0: in ballpark, how how what's the percentage of deals that you're getting that you think is coming by referral or
2: from your SOI?
1: Um, probably like eighty percent.
2: Wow. No way. Really. That's oh yeah! It. it's funny because we were talking about that. I mean, most of my stuff's coming from referral at this point. Mm-hmm. I think after you hit a certain number of years in the business, you've done yeah. enough of that, not shameless self-promotion, but extremely intentional self-promotion. I noticed a big swing from lead generating and finding deals that way to having Sphere bring him to me.
1: Yeah, because you establish confidence in yourself and with the people in your network, right? <clears throat> Like when you first start out whether it's you know you're investing in your city or you're investing out of state and you're talking to people about this they kind of look at you like you have three heads right and it's like Mm -hmm. yeah dude crazy real estate guy whatever but then you start sharing and not to be not to like be pretentious but you start sharing some of the amount of the amount of money that you're making right and again not to be like mean about it or like showy but there is a ton of money to be made in real estate and i think when people start you know, broadening their, their perspective on it. And they're like, Oh man, like what's going on with this dumpy house or this dumpy apartment building or whatever. Mm -hmm. I I need to call Kate. I need to call Scott. Like that's how you establish yourself. Right.
2: Now that you're out of the area, have you noticed any difference in your spheres, uh, trust in your ability to close or have you still seen the same?
1: I think since day one, they know like I'm pretty. I'm pretty. am a pretty mellow guy. Like I love to joke around. I'm a pretty sarcastic person. But when it come, when it comes time to like get down and get shit going, like they know I'm I'm there to, to get it done, um, just as, as soon if not sooner than they are. And and I think they trust too. Like you know, you, you guys can relate to this because you're both agents or brokers. I don't know if the, the term is interchangeable in your guys' estate. But when I started, I hadn't. I I didn't sell a house. Before I bought my own deal, I bought my own deal and then I started selling homes. <clears throat> I was in the class to like get my license um, when I started you know doing this and, and so we closed first and the real estate agent like, oh man, come hang your license you know one of the brokerage Keller Williams or whatever mm-hmm. and um, so what I started doing was I started talking about yeah we just bought this rental property here's what it's doing it, at the time it's one single family home And you know I look at it now it's not very exciting but as a 19, 20 year old kid, I was like, dude, this is sick. Right. And I'm telling everybody. And then they're like, oh, well, I want to buy some rentals. Right. Oh, well, I have a real estate license. I can get compensated for helping these people. Right. So as I bought more rentals, I talked about, it, I shared about, my, you know, what my experience was. That drew attention to me. Right. As, a, as someone that could help you find rental properties, because I didn't want to go out and sell, you know, homes to my parents' friends or like, you know, to the like older people I went to high school with. Like, I'd rather put my head in the wall. So by doing that, like like I said, you kind of create your own sphere of influence, and you can you can shift as far as like okay, hey, I really want to work with more investors than you know Joe and Susie that want to go buy a three two in the suburbs. Nothing wrong with that. There's a need for it. I just don't want to do
2: because I'm
1: like you see like what I'm wearing. Like dude, I'm not gonna wear a suit and tie to a show. Sorry, I'm not. <laughs> like like it's what's about up here, right? That that's, that I'm gonna be able to help you with, and not so much like well, I have you know
0: so. And with the remaining 20%, what, I, yeah. I mean, are you doing any, any of the nitty gritty stuff? Are you calling? Are you mailing? Any of the kind of down to the basic stuff that people might start out with, driving for dollars, stuff like that? Are you doing any of that for the remaining 20%?
1: Um, there's, you know, there's some cold calling here and there. Um, I'm, I'm not hitting the phones every day. Um, it's more or less from like previous relationships that I've established or previous deals that I've done where people said, hey, like, you know, especially with these mom and pops and and smaller tertiary markets are like, hey, we saw you bought this deal or hey, so and so had mentioned you bought this, you know, would you take a look at ours? Um, I've done some marketing, I'm continuing to do some marketing a little bit. Um, I'm not doing hundreds of thousands of mailers or anything like that. But we do have a a mailing campaign that we have leveraged in the past or continue to leverage. And we have a call center that fields those calls. And then based on, you know, who we think is serious or not, you know, we'll pick up a couple of wholesales, we'll pick up a couple of maybe rentals, and and then we do some wholesaling through that route. Um, But I would say of that 20%, you're probably looking at more so mailers than cold calls. A lot of people's instinct is, hey, I want to go get, you know, 50 virtual assistants in the Philippines that are going to cold call for me. Well, yeah, dude, you and everybody else, right? Like that seems to be the model. And like for the markets I'm in, you guys can probably relate in South Bend. With these mom and pops, like, Again, if someone calls me from, and I can't understand them, or these older people can't understand them, they're going to be like, yeah, no, thanks, see ya, right? Whereas with a the mailer, they, they take an action to reach out, right? So, like as Cardone says, he's like, oh, everybody's a lead. So, if they've taken the action to pick up the mailer and actually call, even if they're like, what the hell is this? Dude, there's still some interest there, right? And then based on that conversation that I listened to from the intake specialist, I can determine, hey, is this a qualified lead that I want to try to pursue? Hmm.
0: And for somebody who, uh, I mean, as you know, as you talked a little bit about, it takes a little bit to build up that sphere and kind of get your image out there to get yeah. to the point where yeah. 80% of your deals are coming from your SOI. For yeah. somebody who has not had you know, their first deal or first out-of-state deal, What would you recommend would be the best avenue for them to to get started to get rolling in order to find that first first piece of property out of state?
1: Well, I would say like educate yourself before you educate others, right? Like all these all these freaking people are like, I just bought my first rental and they're making more TikToks than they are money, right? It's (laughs) like, dude, what what the hell is going on here, right? I see that so much, like everybody wants to, to start a whole social media campaign on like they've done one deal. And like when I started, I was, I was living at my parents' house and I was just trying to hyper educate. So my, my answer to your question is be like hyper education and networking are going to allow you to really sharpen, sharpen your skills, sharpen your, you know, tool set, if you will, of your knowledge of investing, go visit the market that you want to invest in out of state. Like, I'm sorry, you can look on Google images all day, but like, buy the fucking $600 plane ticket and go out there, right? Because they're, by going out there, you're gonna be establishing relationships, meet with brokers, meet with your property manager, let them know like you're a real person and that you care, as opposed to you know scrolling Zillow and trying to figure out, okay, hey, like uh, you know, I'm gonna call this person up and make an offer. You need to go you need to see it, like what we're dealing with in real estate is tangible items, right? You can see it, you can touch it, you can feel it. Go to that market and figure out, okay, hey, is this something that even aligns with what I want to do? <clears throat> And then you're going to be able to, to make the decision of, here's the people I want to work with. Here's the kind of deals I want to be buying, right? And that's exactly what you guys did in South Bend. It's worked out very well for you. Because mm-hmm. when you come back and you're sharing those experiences with people you're maybe raising money from, right, or partners, it's going to give you so much more credibility to be able to speak on behalf of that as opposed to just a concept, right? Yeah.
2: No, we noticed a big change when we went out to the properties. And then when we came back, even posting about it, when we were out there, we had huge outreach from people that we had no expectation of ever working with. Yep. So that's an interesting comment that you made. Now that you're over in Austin, you're running yeah. an entire portfolio, plus you're doing acquisitions, plus you're yep. brokering out of Indiana. Um, how are you managing all those different pieces from afar? Are you like on Zoom meetings like this? Are you strictly email? Are you a phone call or FaceTime? What do you do? Like the, the
1: management of the assets, is obviously mean, it's pretty low, low time invested, I would say, like, especially with, you know, we have a portfolio of section eight single family homes. Like I get some maintenance requests and I just approve them. Like that's the extent. And then every 15th of the month, I just look and see how much money we had to come in. Right. Um, on some, you know, with that, with that portfolio, we're going through a refinance. So yeah, there's some more conference calls that are happening and back and forth with, with email and things of that nature. But to tell you the truth, there is no real difference. I mean, like I said, COVID changed all of this, right? So whether I'm in Indy, 15 minutes away from one of the team members or the property, I'm still probably going to be on a call similar to this, right? Mm-hmm. Or email and texting, whatever. So no, there, there hasn't been a lot of like change on that. But, you know, to kind of, I guess, sequent out the answer there, the, the management of the assets hasn't changed. <clears throat> um, it's more or less, hey, review, you know, reviewing statements, making sure everything's running smoothly. On the acquisitions and like brokerage wholesaling side of things, it's a little bit different. I mean, there's some people I've had to say, hey, you know, can I pay you X to maybe go take pictures or throw a lockbox on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if anything, that has made me more respective of time because if I'm there, I'm like, oh, I'll just jump in the car and go do it. Well, it, is my return on my, my return on time to go do that action, you know, is that really the highest and best use of it? And, and the answer is no, right? Mm-hmm. There's out there that hey, look, can I pay you to go grab, you know, this or keys or whatever. that mm-hmm. maybe you're still wanting to learn or don't understand. And that's where there's an opportunity to, to utilize those folks.
2: Gotcha.
0: And in how many a little bit off topic, but I'm curious, I don't I don't remember ever asking are you telling us how many doors are you up to multifamily, single family yeah. it between well both in the indie market if you do have anything in Texas and kind of anything and everything in between.
1: Sure. Um, so I have I've 40, 41 in Indy, and that's comprised of um, six single family homes, a triplex, a fourplex, an eight unit, a nineteen unit, yeah, and, and I guess a piece of land that I'm intending to build something on. Sweet. Uh, down here, I have uh, with some partners we're working on an eighteen unit uh, condo conversion, and then we're building three plan units. And wow.
0: it's is everything in indie by yourself are you with a partner family what what's kind of 50, the story 50, out there
1: yeah 50-50 ownership on I think every one of those properties with just one other partner usually sweet or we have or I have private debt on it so I'll refinance out and mm-hmm. I own it you know solely so yeah um, I don't own a home per se like I don't live in a home there um, just because I don't I don't want the maintenance and you know I, I think the Midwest you know, is is always going to be a good cash flowing market, but dude, I hate the wintertime there. So that's part of the reason I'm down here. It's part of the Kind of, you hear the Bermuda Triangle? I'm trying to create like the Herod Triangle, like Indiana attack Florida. You know, <laughs> you don't disappear in there.
0: Well, <laughs> and where are you, you? Well, you're now in Texas. Yeah. Obviously, your experience has mostly been over in the Indy area in Indiana, yeah. uh, and then. You have some connections you were talking about in Florida from when you went to yep. college. Are you looking to primarily stay in those three states? Are you looking to market yep. elsewhere or just those no. three? Okay.
1: I'm just like I haven't even really started my marketing in Florida just yet because mm-hmm. I want to wrap these projects up here. Um we're still doing marketing in Indiana but not. You know, I think that like I don't run a big shop. Like I don't have, you know, 15 people that are underneath me and quite frankly like the more I Look at it. I, I don't want that. Right? I don't want a million cold callers. I, I like. I don't like to be bothered. Right? As as dumb as that sounds, but um, like I want to buy incredible assets. that are going to cash flow forever. And so by establishing like your criteria up front, like, hey, if you buy you know this kind of asset or these many kinds of this asset every year, how is that going to help build your wealth? <clears throat> and and the one thing like I've realized in in breaking that criteria down is that the brokerage game for me is not that it's not the route to go build wealth. Right. I don't know how you guys feel about that. It is, it is an incredible way to earn income, an incredible way, but it's a constant chase, right? Like, okay, Hey, I just closed this deal and I made, you know, 15 grand, 30 grand, whatever. I got to go do it again. And then you kind of become like this pseudo servant to a client. And so that's why like now in Indy and even in Florida too, like I'm not working with a client. If they don't respect my time, right? And I'm like, I'm not getting in the car to do showings. I'm not doing open houses. I particularly, particularly focus on clients that are other investors like me. They're like, hey, dude, we just want to, we want to bounce this around. If you kind of spit all around on the opportunity itself. And if it makes sense, hey, let's write an offer, right? Or hey, do you have any wholesale deals that are coming up? I'd love to buy, right? Okay. Because they know that I'm not like, I'm not going to go chase my tail for 3% on you know even something that's a couple hundred grand that's going to require hours and hours and hours of my time that it's like, oh man, I made $12,000. Yeah, dude, but you also had to go out there and go to the title company. And da, 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 da. Like, dude, I don't, I, oh God, no, I don't want to do it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so what are so, you focusing most of your time on now? Are you mostly focused on the Texas uh, projects or are you focused a lot on the Indi- Indianapolis management projects
1: or what it's, are you working on? I mean, there's a couple of properties I'm I'm exiting right now, so I'm exiting an eight-unit. I'm exiting a triplex. Uh, we're putting some long-term debt on a package of single-family homes we have, and really, I'm just I'm I'm looking for larger assets because it, both here in, in in Indiana and Texas, um, because those larger assets they take the same amount of time as like these single-family flips, these single like and i wish i would have known that going in but you know you, you you kind of learn by doing and so like the the kid i'm staying with he's done fewer deals than me but they're, they've been larger right and he's made way more money right and it's it's so interesting to get around someone like that and some of the other people in, that i have met down here in texas is that it's not always about the number of deals you're doing it's about the size and the call right so I'm migrating more towards like the wealth creation through some of these larger deals. Mm-hmm. When I say larger, I don't want to go buy a 500 unit apartment building that have to syndicate, have, you know, 10 million people on. I want to go buy these 20 units, these 30 units, these 50 units where, hey, it's me and a couple of buddies that I can trust from a JV partnership standpoint mm-hmm. that, hey, look, whether we're raising private money or we have our own money that we can, you know, kind of throw into that. That's the kind of structures that I'm after now because those, those. Kinds of deals and assets, you can still have a management company in place and not have to run yourself you know, into the ground as far as like, oh, I'm going to self manage this. And like, mm-hmm. so that's where I'm migrating. I'm still doing some brokerage. I'm still doing some wholesaling and some whole, you know, like flip deals, mm-hmm. but really more so focused on, hey, how can I acquire apartment buildings? How can I acquire storage facilities? If it's a, you know, like down here, there's a big demand for plane, hang- plane hangers. So there's no space. Okay, we'll find the problem and then create the solution. Gotcha. That's kind of the direction I'm heading in. Mm-hmm. Like more or less to answer that question, I'm trying to build a lifestyle around what I want and where I want to be. So when it's you know 10 degrees in Indy, I don't want to be there, right? I don't want to be chasing my tail for four thousand dollar commissions. Okay, so mm-hmm. how can I build my my life around when it's that temperature in that state? And how can I be in Texas? How can I be in Florida? Right, and just kind of gotcha. bounce around.
0: In migrating towards those those bigger deals, the 20, yeah. 30, 40, 50 what's going to be your main strategy i'm curious because not i mean the people who currently own those i mean uh, obviously the number of 20 30 40 50 units is fewer than the number of single family homes right that there's fewer owners um fewer sellers uh, even from that what's going to be your main strategy to find those people and pick up those deals and just do more business that way on the bigger stuff
1: I mean, I'm, I'm not looking in like downtown Austin for 20 year, right? Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> you're going to have somebody who's a little more sophisticated. I mean, we kind of lucked out with the deal that we're doing down here as far as how we came across that through a prior relationship. But I like these markets that are a little bit outside of your major metros, right? You're, you know, you go into a Louisville, everybody knows where Louisville is. Everybody knows where Indianapolis is. And that's where for a lot of people like in your position that are coming from California, they're coming from New York. Like those people are overpaying for those properties because you guys see you know a piece of dog shit in your market, you're like oh it's four hundred grand. Well, that same thing <laughs> in our market is four grand, right? And you know you got people that are maybe coming in, and saying, oh man, oh in our market it's four hundred, we can pay forty for it, right? And it's like that doesn't make sense, right? So I, I like to go into these markets where um, you know it's not the it doesn't have a ton of spotlight, right? But there's still there's still some growth, there's still some demand, right? And that's where I think you're going to continue to see as, as baby boomers, you know, get older and, and don't want to be in the business of running or operating real estate, they're going to be giving these things away. Right. And it's happening everywhere. Right. So, you know, as far as strategy, it's not like I'm not calling up every lead on Coastar because some of these properties aren't even on Coastar, Right. So it's figuring out, Hey, where, where is everybody else going? How can I go the opposite way? Right. And And that goes for, you know, larger commercial assets that goes for single family homes because, like as you guys know, I'm sure South Bend started to heat up a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what's that next, what's that next town? What's that next city to where you can still have steady management where you can have a good management play and you can pick up properties for freaking 50% off, right? You have people that just give them away essentially, and you're like, dude, this is great because they're gonna cash flow so heavy. And then all of a sudden you need fewer of those properties to to kind of meet your cash flow criteria, if you will
2: gotcha yeah
0: and is your you talked a little bit about like like lifestyle goals yeah. and and stuff like that is that primarily what your goals are based on do you have a a, a quantity goal of units or or volume or, or anything like that or is it essentially just like you were saying the the freedom to be able to do what you want when you want with who you want yeah
1: I mean, like beforehand, I'm like, oh, dude, I want X amount of units. and, da, da, da. and Like after I started meeting more of these people and getting into the business, I was like, oh, I want a thousand units. It's like, yeah, dude, but you're still not making any money, right? And so like my whole thing is like, where do you want to be? Okay, I want to be, I want to have some presence in Indiana because that's where the family is, that's where it kind of home base is. I definitely want to be in Texas because there's a ton of growth. I think, you know, there's just, it's it's a fun market. I mean, you guys know this from being down here, like chicks are off. And, but like Florida is a great, you know, these are these are growing locations where like there's mass migration happening. And I want to be a part of that action. So like I want to have enough interest in property where I can get you know a nice little plane and I can hop around and and be on my own schedule, right? Like I don't want to necessarily have to answer to anybody until like okay, well I'll be out to this showing in you know 20 minutes. Like dude, I'd rather like no thanks. So that that's like, that is my goal, and and you know before like. <clears throat> Part of my reason for, for leaving Indy was, okay, hey, you know, I established that I can do well there from the brokerage side of things, from, you know, picking up properties and things like that. And it's either I can stay there and become, in my opinion, stagnant of, okay, hey, man, well, you know, you go make a couple hundred grand last year. Okay, we'll go make a couple hundred more thousand, you know, a couple hundred more grand the next year. And then, oh, hey, man, maybe I can make, you know, a million two next year. And it becomes this constant chase of like, well, maybe I'll make a little bit more. And And I know, I know this area, I know it so well, like, you just become stagnant. Like, I want to make sure that, Hey, look, I'm challenging myself as a, from a, like an, as an investor. And that's why I'm down here building planning I've never done that before. Can I stay in India and pick off $30,000 single family homes for the rest of my life? Absolutely. So if all this shit like goes to hell, I, I can go back there and still do that and create wealth. But I, I just like, I'm thinking, okay, if I'm going to challenge myself, I want to challenge it on something cool, something that I can enjoy doing it with people. I like being around. So, I mean, hopefully that answers your question.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. So, I mean, dude, with all that being said, you've got some projects going on there in Austin. Yeah. You, you yeah. basically, the the train's still rolling; it's still moving along. Yep. What's What's the big thing that's next? What's next for Zach?
1: Um, I think uh, I think I'll end up. I'll, I'll so I have a place in India right now. See, I don't have my three like barriers down just yet, right? So. I'm kind of getting the feel for down here. I already know Florida a little bit more because I live there. But the next play is, you know, get the two projects we have going on down here in Texas, closer to closing, closer to having our ducks in a row there, and then get down to Florida, establish my, you know, kind of, I call like HQs, like a headquarter in each state. And if that's a cheap, like shitty apartment, so be it, let's do it. I want to have my bed, my desk, all my stuff in three different locations so that I can, I can bounce around as needed, right? So that's kind of going to be the next the next play is getting down to Florida um, and establishing that, you know, HQ, if you will. And then hopefully by the time uh, that's been established a few months go by, our condo conversion project will be done here. I'm going to buy a condo for my um, for my third kind of HQ in, in Austin. It's, you know, a couple minutes from downtown. And I think that's going to be like pretty pivotal for, you know, kind of bumping around each, each state and doing what I want to do. So like I said, I don't have this like, this goal to go create a, a company with 40 employees with the employees and have, you know, it's kind of like the digital nomad, you know, concept if you will. Gotcha.
2: <laughs> so, well, I thanks we'll... for coming on, bro. It's really awesome you, to always catch up and to hear the good things going on you for you. Uh, you come down here. I think you, y'all
1: would. I mean, I know you've been down here before, but only you guys for doing, a short period of time. 75 bars and. You know, all that's so <laughs> get you down on Rainy Street or something. <laughs> All right.
2: Well yeah, we'll have to fly out pretty soon here and obviously we always were intending to meet you out in India and uh see that area, but if you're mm-hmm. in Austin doing big things, we might as well go to Austin.
1: Dude. Come on, we'll get you we'll get you an Austin map. You can throw that up behind you guys too. That's that's true, <laughs> that's
0: true. And I know we, we always joke around about doing some business together, but I think it's actually freaking time to get to get something, I, to, to get something rolling. Honestly, so I
1: think I think that there is there is a good runway for that. And you know, as long as it's not in California, I think we can make it work. All right, and I we're think we're all yeah, we're all on the same
2: page <laughs> on that one, man. All right, <laughs> man. Well, hey, good to catch up. Thanks for joining us on season three. Shit. And uh what's your uh Facebook or Instagram for people to follow you on if they're interested in uh, more? just, just Zach
1: Harris. You know Zach. I'm on Instagram. I deleted Facebook, I deleted Twitter. Like if you can find me on Instagram, you can find me anywhere. Sweet. All right.
0: Well, thanks again, man. We appreciate All your right. time and uh, we'll, we'll talk and catch up again soon.
1: Appreciate it, guys. I'll see you later.